Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening Live podcast. I'm your host, areyouscreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, shortly patching in, will be co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. And uh, this week, we are going to be trying to uh, do a lot of catching up from uh, unfortunate gap in our programming for the last almost month due to uh, obvious reasons. Um, So we're going to be trying to cover uh, Palm Springs, Eurovision, The Old Guard, Greyhound, and probably even more, although also probably uh, even less. Um, So we will uh, try to get to as many of those as we can uh, and potentially uh, we've got Shane. Shane, are you there? Hello. Wow. <laughs> no? Yeah? <laughs> yeah, you're just super loud in my... Oh, uh, sorry. You, I sound got... a little, you sound a bit echoey, but... Um, uh, I'm not... I'm not... Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, you sound a little echoey too, but you yeah. kind of you kind of always do because you're calling in. But I, right. on the other hand, am in uh, strange circumstances right now uh, right. because uh, I'm in the middle of moving, so I'm in like a big empty <laughs> space that's not usually this empty. So yeah, I've, right. I've, prob- I've probably got echoes all over. Well, I'm um, in your favorite uh, squeaky chair. I'm sure it'll make lots of noise, but. Uh... Yeah, here we go. <laughs> that'll that'll be great, uh, man. Yeah. It's been a it's been a long time, actually. Yeah. Uh, and and you know the strangest thing, uh, we've had. Uh, you know, I have to apologize to our listeners, I guess, because uh, you know just one thing after another, and if it's not something sort of pandemic related, then yeah. Uh, yeah. you know it's like moving or you know other things just uh, lots of stuff that uh, prevented us from uh, getting to the show uh, but it is it seems like it's the weirdest thing because this is like the third time now that uh, when we finally lock things in like right when we are uh, are at the point where we go okay it's definitely at this time yeah something yeah. something comes out about tenant <laughs> like, oh yeah every the the last three times we've done the show it's been uh moved back like the day before and uh and this time we did i think it was like an hour after we were talking to each other and finally we're like okay thursday should work and then i saw that uh now it's delayed and the last i saw anyway it was delayed for you know like indeterminate amount of time. They're not even saying anymore. <laughs> they yeah. they've, they've abandoned even changing dates at this point. They're just saying right uh, at some point maybe it will ever come out. And we were getting so, close. This was supposed. Oh to be yeah, like yeah. The first or second week of August. I mean, we were really right around the corner. Right, and uh, yeah, so we're like the curse of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, but we got, hopefully we'll get to, uh, several movies. Um, and, uh, I, I'm actually weirdly surprised that, uh, even more stuff isn't coming out now that a bunch of things have come out and they're doing really well. I mean, right. 
some of them are on Netflix or Disney or, you know, whatever. So it's, you know, they're not actually like directly taking in money, but, uh, but people are all over them. They're still talking all about them. People are like desperate, obviously for movies. So anything that comes out is, uh, is going to be like a hit, but right. I kind of would have thought, especially, you know, Greyhound's the one that is, I guess, sort of a big deal, right? There's, so of, of the movies that I just mentioned, you know, like Eurovision, uh, Palm Springs, and Greyhound were originally, you know, going to have like a theatrical release and, and, and you know, big Tom Hanks movie. Right. I, would, I would think, you know, if the, I don't know if they're going to do that. You'd think more movies that were pushed back really far for no reason. Not like, you know, they're, they couldn't finish filming or anything. They're just, they're just pushed back because theaters aren't open. I would have thought maybe we'd have some announcements by now that some of them would go, oh, well, maybe we will, you know, <laughs> try some other yeah. version of something. I don't know, but. Anyway, so, um, and uh, I guess actually the other big thing since it just kind of happened is uh, Peacock. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. the NBC streaming service uh, came out to everyone. It was already out for like a month only to Xfinity subscribers, whatever. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah. Now, but now it's out. And so and now on the big release, then a bunch of their, uh, their own content only to be found there is released which includes uh the psych movie that they came back with uh, the, psych, the psych movie too which uh you know still it's uh hilarious stuff if you like psych but yeah. it's uh it's it, it and it's and it's interesting because uh timothy olmanson olmanson yeah uh, uh um, anyway, he's he's in the he's in the show, and he actually has like a pretty uh, you know big role, um, but he is playing someone. Uh, so the story of the show is that he got shot several times. He's in the hospital um, because he, in reality he had like a stroke a couple of years ago. I don't remember exactly when. Two or three years ago, I think. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, and he's kind of had a you know battle coming back from that, but he's in it and he's you know got like a, a decent part and he you know does it really well and it's just, it's like really cool to see him uh, back in it. But anyway, uh, that's out and it's a Peacock exclusive and it's hilarious. And they've also got uh, like Brave New World. They've got um, a show called Intelligence with. Uh, Schwimmer from Friends, right? Man, right. And man, it's goofy. It is really. I, I'm, I've only seen a couple of episodes of it, but it is like uh, it's almost. It made me think of you because uh, oh, wow. it's uh, it, you know they're in England, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. and and David Schwimmer is like the NSA guy who comes over to uh, their cyber security you know nsa counterpart whatever whatever yeah. they are and he's going to be like their liaison right and uh, so so basically everyone in the show is british and there's a certain sense of kind of like a british humor going on or whatever uh and and you know david schwimmer is basically this american like 
asshole, right? <laughs> Who's, uh, you know, tries tries to take over, basically. He's like, well, obviously I'm in charge because I'm the NSA and they're like this stupid British thing, right? Yeah. Like, they're, they're not a real thing. So they want me to come over and show them how to do everything. And uh, it, made, it made me think of you because it was like, this is like a show made by somebody who knows that some people like British comedy but does not <laughs> like it themselves. <laughs> and, there you go. I was, I was hoping goes, it wasn't the uh, he's an asshole part. I was hoping that wasn't <laughs> a sticking point. But, yeah, no, that would be more of me. No, it's uh, because it's just – it's, like, over the top and it's obnoxious. And he's just, like, so obnoxious, like – Either that or it's made by British people who really hate Americans. <laughs> they're like, this is what yeah, all yeah. Americans are like, and they're awful. Right. It's like, if it would go, like, one step farther, it would be, like, super campy. And then yeah, maybe yeah. it would be farther. It would be funnier, but it's not quite there. I mean, it's, it has its moments still, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's a stretch. And it looks, yeah, yeah. I hate to even say this about shows and stuff, but it, it looks like it could use a little more budget in, in things. I don't know. It's, it's, it's odd. It's, it's odd. That's how I feel basically about every British show I've ever seen anyway. <laughs> come, out of, come out of your mom's, you know, garage. You're not even in the basement. Just, you know, <laughs> mow a few lawns. Go go uh -huh. take some garbage out for someone. Get some bottles and maybe buy one more light. You know, right. just do something. So, uh, up, upgrade your camera. Yeah, something, anyway. anything. Uh, all right, so um, we're going to uh, try to get through movies, and uh, I'm going to... This is like a semi-random order I'm going to uh, try to do this. But what I'm thinking is that maybe it, this is uh, like a order that will get us through things faster. That could turn out to be wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. because because sometimes I'm like, ah, we won't really talk about this that much. And then we do. But, uh, but there's, you know, there's so many things that have actually come out that uh, we should get to uh that i figure that kind of makes sense is maybe we can get through stuff in uh, some orderly fashion so yeah uh the first thing that uh we're going to do is eurovision okay um so oh, okay now you've seen all these things that uh you texted me earlier that you said you've seen <laughs> Let's see. Irresistible uh, rhythm section. Pump. Yeah. Okay. Right. Eurovision. Yep. Uh, so your so Eurovision is uh, it's, it's <laughs> Rachel McAdams, and uh, and Will Ferrell. And the funniest thing uh, about this movie is that it seemed like for me anyway. And I like to think that I'm somewhat in the loop, right? But this like came out of nowhere, right? Like nobody yeah, was trying. Yeah. Nobody was trying to get me excited for this movie to come out until it was out. Like, no one cared if I watched it, and then suddenly I could watch it. Like, there was – I didn't right, see right. I didn't see any trailers for this uh, before it was already out. I didn't see, you know, anyone selling me on it. And maybe I did not watch enough Netflix or I don't know, <laughs> or whatever. Um, but – it was really weird, like online, anywhere. It was, uh, and you know, this was going to be a release in theaters. Uh, yeah. One at one point, it's it's uh, at least that's the story. I don't know. Um, 
but it was uh, it was really weird for me because any Will Ferrell movie, right? People are and Rachel McAdams, right? People are gonna try to get you to watch it. And uh, yeah, yeah. Pierce Brosnan is awesomely in it too. Um, anyway, but it is literally uh, Eurovision the movie, right? And it's um, it's like if you take a thing and want to make a movie about it, what you do is you have uh, you show a little kid get obsessed with it. And spend uh-huh. his whole and, and spend his whole life wanting to be you know the best or the winner or whatever right and uh, that's Will Ferrell he's uh, he's in he's an Icelandic kid right a small town in Iceland and uh, he grows up wanting to win Eurovision and spends his whole life uh, trying to do it and he has his uh, probably not sister. <laughs> Uh, who's Rachel McAdams? They make a band there, and they've just been doing this forever. This has been their dream, um, mostly his. Uh, she's also a teacher, and he does not seem to actually have any other job. Right? right. <laughs> like they play, they play at the local <laughs> bar, and that's and that's it for him. I don't know, but anyway, um, then there is uh, some crazy, you know turn of events that they become Iceland's uh, sent winner or whatever person who's going to go represent Iceland to Eurovision and uh, you know hilarity ensues I mean and, right. and, uh, and, and and one of the cool things about the show uh, the movie is that um, there are actually I think something like somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 actual people who were in Eurovision who are like, who are big, big acts, people, whatever, who either like won it themselves or for whatever reason were like real standouts at Eurovision or whatever for like the last decade or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, But they do some like numbers where these people get to perform it. And so it's really cool. Um, Also, uh, God, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Dan... Ah, I can't remember. Dan Stevens, yeah, that's right. He's, yeah. Um, anyway, so that's the run of uh, of the movie. Uh, and it, online so far, this is really like a love hate movie. So I'm actually kind of interested uh, to see what's going on with you, especially because you know I feel like we just haven't seen each other right for like so long that I, that I, like now I'm watching movies without you, right? <laughs> yeah. And like you, you, you know, you can't like look over and see me yeah. like slink down in my chair or whatever, I know, or, I love it. yeah, or uh, just, you know, like roll my eyes suddenly at the screen or something like that. So you know, it's like I have no, uh, I don't know, I have no like idea. So I'm watching movies. I find myself watching movies nowadays, going, huh, what? Is- yeah. I do the <laughs> uh, same thing. I'll do this because uh, there's no microtransaction here where you <laughs> sigh. I know. Like you're sighing, like God, get this over with, and you're right. watching. You know, you're looking at the watch, but now I'll watch it, and I'll I'll come downstairs, and my girlfriend will say, "So, uh, how was that?" And I'm like, "I think Mark is gonna hate that. I don't know." Right. You know, so it is. It's funny how ingrained that whole process has become. And usually, right. the only break we take is you know in Thanksgiving because it's Oscar time. Right. But yeah, this is a year of Oscar time. Yeah, uh, it's that's 
going to end up being really crazy. But uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, before we go too far without giving our ratings and stuff, yeah. I got to tell you, I, I loved this movie. Uh, and yeah. it was, it is, it's really bonkers. And in a way, there's a, so it's, it's very goofy and campy and, you know, borderline nonsensical. But it's also like, um, you know, there are parts where it's kind of taking itself seriously. And then there are parts where we're just doing like a song number. And then there are parts yeah, yeah. where, uh, there are parts where it goes completely all of a sudden you're like whoa <laughs> like you didn't even know that's what you were watching you know there's uh yeah, yeah. there's explosions there's elves <laughs> there's, right, right. it's uh it's it's bonkers um but i mean i loved it and well, everyone in my family loved it uh yeah, like yeah. like all ages <laughs> and i mean we've watched it again uh, you know, my family's my family's listening to the music on uh, you know oh, on, on their as they're you know going through their day. Anyway, um, so I I gave it a nine. Uh, it yeah. was it it was and and this is one of the things that it like kind of struck me seeing hints uh, of other people's reactions and things. Right, um, for me. And now you'll probably hate it, and that's fine if you do. But a lot of people, a lot of people hate it online, right? And for me, it, this movie and the other people's reactions to it really kind of, you know, solidified for me um, my view of trying to rate movies, right? I mean, I did love it, so I'm obviously, you know, like biased and not objective and all that, right? Uh, but from what I could tell, right, this movie in and not I, I didn't think there was anything about it trying to call people stupid or be, you know, like purposely dumb or something like that where you could, you know, hate on it for that. But this movie was like exactly what it was trying to be. And all of the all of the people who uh, I saw anyway being really negative about this movie, you know, their problem with was with what it was trying to be. Not right, right. Not how well it managed to be that, or if it did or didn't. They just were like, you know, they didn't even need to watch the movie. I thought a lot of them, right? They were just opposed yeah. to it in theory. And I'm like, man, right. that is just not a thing. And sometimes there's a movie comes along that really brings that out, where like all people seem to have to criticize the movie is that like it exists at all that you tried that or whatever. So anyway, yeah. I, I gave it a nine. I suggest everyone watch it and it was a screwy good time. There's, there's definitely a part there where I also think, I mean, I, it's, it's basically the same thing you said. It's just a small degree off. I think people sometimes they bag on a movie because it's not the movie they wanted. Like it's, it, they're there for, right, sure. they're there for Will Ferrell. They're there for Rachel McAdams. They like, you know, like me, when I saw David Dobkins, uh, the, the thing I knew him most for was Wedding Crashers. And it's weird to think how long ago that was. Right. I had such a blast with that movie because it was the right tonic for a time when everybody was trying to be the hangover. And and Wedding Crashers was just so, like, not original, but the characters, the dialogue, everything was very fast and kinetic. And 
And that helped in part when you put someone like Vince Vaughn in who just keeps things moving along. Um, right. But, but I think some people look at this and, you know, I remember, I remember when you told me how, you know, how much the house, you know, your, your family, you know, everybody was right. really into it. I'm like, God, I didn't even know this was out yet. So I, I kicked on Netflix and I watched the trailer and I thought, oh man, I, I don't know. Like this <laughs> looks, cause it's threading a very wide margin of it looks silly early on like this that's still where rachel mcadams is dressed very strange kind of bjork ish right not not as risky just kind of it and he's dressed like some sort of thor you know cosplayer right, right. And, they're, and they're doing this video song they're playing on like this great landscape and i'm thinking this is so silly that it should be effectively funny but it also might put people off because it's just not going far enough. And and some of the reviews, some of the criticisms that I saw after I saw it, I felt like that was basically it. They didn't get the Will Ferrell that they wanted from Elf or Talladega Nights. They got more like Blades of Glory kind of stuff that put them off a bit. So I feel like it's a bit of a, a mistake to not judge the film for what it is instead of what you wanted it to be. And, and I see a fair amount of that. So, right. All that said, this is a great example for people that are maybe forgetting how we look at films because you just said like you basically judge a film um, on what it's trying to be and how effective it is. And and I go about judging films differently. I look at is the narrative solid, even if it's a silly, goofy film. Is there anything that's glaringly stupid, out of order? Does the plot not make sense? Do characters not act the way they've been established? That's more or less how I come to it. And because of that, I this didn't land with me very well. And I was stunned. I, I'm going to give it like a four. I think it's just below average. I, I had so many people, you, you and I had talked a couple times and you said, like, I think the house is watching it for the third time. And you might have even said the third time today. You, know, <laughs> you guys have been crazy for it. So when I sat down to watch it, I had already heard from three other people who were telling me basically the same thing. Like, dude... Eurovision's so much fun. You got to sit down. You got to check it out. You're not going to regret it. it it's going to be a blast. So I, I, I kind of sat down with it being definitely a Rachel McAdams fan, definitely a Will Ferrell fan for the most part. His stuff has almost always hit with me more than it's missed. And I was, I was just kind of like amused at a couple things. But for me, the biggest part was... The story is just so in love with the improvisational feeling. I'm not saying that they did it, but the improvisational feeling of a meandering tale. If this had been, and this will shock no one, but it's two hours and three minutes long. If this had been 84 minutes, you know, if it had been less than 90 minutes long, it would have been tight. <clears throat> there wouldn't have been so weird, so many weird distractions, which I think for me makes it the biggest problem. It's like sitting down or, or, or meeting somebody and they've got like, oh, I got this great story to tell you. Hang on. Oh, let me check my phone. And then they start telling you the story and somebody else walks by and they're like, hey, Bobby, yeah, wait, you got the thing I need, right? Okay, I'll bring it by tomorrow. Hey, Mark, hang on a second. Sorry. Look, I got this thing for you. And they go into a small digressive conversation and they come back and they're like, wait, where was I? Oh, yeah, right. We're, we're at the thing. So the, the, the whole thing blows up and then I start then I start encountering these elves. Oh, wait, I got to make this phone call. 
And that's how the movie felt for me. Like it was so weirdly distracted with how clever and entertaining it felt it was being, it stopped being clever and entertaining. And then when it did pick it back up again, I found it to be very sincere, very, and I don't use this adjective very much, but I found it to be like a very warm movie. Like it was, it was trying to be thoughtful and genuine. And I never once thought like it was looking down its nose at what is an easy thing to punch at, you know, Icelandic names. Like your name is, you're like, that's such an easy joke to go with. You know, and it didn't really do any of that stuff. But, you know, it, by the 11th time, Will Ferrell is on like a time mission and he's just rattling off one random free association insult to Americans and they keep all of them in the movie because, wow, this is Will Ferrell <laughs> and these are all really funny. Then the problem is the movie takes itself too far and it should have just taken the best two or three and then had one hell of a gag reel. But... It's just, you know, I remember clocking the first time. I mean, I know I'm rapidly going through this, but I know you're going to come back. I remember going through and clocking the first time I actually had a laugh or a chuckle. And it wasn't even a laugh. It was, I chuckled 28 minutes into the movie. And I thought, that's that's probably too far in. And then I noticed the next one was almost 33 minutes later. And I thought, <laughs> okay, this is it. It's just not. It's just not funny to me, though I can appreciate it. And the characters are doing things that kind of make sense, but ultimately, Will Ferrell's getting too old to do these kind of movies, even though he loves them and wants to produce them. He's He's got to realize, my big criticism is he's got to realize what Adam Sandler did. Adam Sandler stopped making Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore movies. He's still making the same kind of movies with uh, uncut gems. Okay, I, I, I don't he's know about doing, that. <laughs> no, he's doing no, he's doing things like Grown Ups. Okay, he's not the man child anymore, who's like this bumbling idiot because we believe he is in his twenties and thirties. You know, Sandler's like in his fifties, and now he's a different kind of man child. But I don't think that Will Ferrell, though, this is a great skit. I don't think that he's the guy to carry this film for me for two hours and i love will ferrell like i'm sorry it just it just doesn't work and that's that's the biggest thing aside from many many small things like characters don't do the things that they should even though they're small like they're kind of necessary to the overall joke structure of the of the movie and without giving anything away i'll simply say that cigarette is played by rachel mcadams and she she does all of these fun prayer worshiping honorific things to the elves that live in their land and he doesn't believe in them which is kind of a fun joke but as it progresses it keeps coming up and he either does or does not get confirmation that elves are real and when he you know when he sees cigarette for the next like half hour he doesn't say hey by the way the elves are real in even a throwaway line which is necessary for what they've been building all along like it's just little things like that started standing out to me because i wasn't I wasn't captivated by everything else that was going on. So wow, I I, I guess you weren't. <laughs> yeah. Four if, is four is pretty gracious too. If, it just if, didn't. It didn't. If that's well. if that's the kind of if that's the kind of thing, like I I actually agree with a fair amount of what you're saying, right? Um, like the, I I think the everything to do with the Americans was maybe a little too much. Definitely I, too I, much. I, I I didn't I didn't really care. 
some of the uh, some of the song parts later on, yeah, were a little goofy. Although actually, it's it, it's kind of funny because like uh, the Russian guy that uh, Dan Stevens plays, right? Yeah, his his song like I. I uh, as much as I really love the movie and and like watching it, right? His yeah. song is like either too much or not enough, right? It, it's it's not exactly. it, it, it's not screwy enough, or it should not <laughs> or it should not be as screwy as, as it is, and it should just be right. like a a far more normal song you might believe is someone's song, right, or something like that, right? Um, but so there are like things like that that I that I didn't you know really love. But if if you're if you're going to take the missing line about the elves as a thing that's a problem in the movie, then you really like did not connect with him. Like I said, not, I said too many. Yeah, I said too many things. I'm shotgunning because I know we got to do more than one film, so I'm laying everything out like in a rat-a-tat-tat way. The elves thing is a very small consideration. This is Superman's hair isn't blowing the right way. Like, that's a small gripe. But there are several small gripes like that I had. That's just the easiest one to bring up. And and real quick about Dan, uh, they made a big mistake showing two of his full numbers. What they should have done is just shown when he was introduced, like a snippet of his video. And we get the reaction from Sigrid. We know he's beloved. We know he's respected. We know everything we need to know without having to endure eight more minutes of this blowfield kind of bullcrap. And right. it's absolutely unnecessary and bloats the film to its detriment. It doesn't keep making me laugh, but again, the film isn't making me laugh. So for those who do laugh at it, maybe it serves a better purpose, but not for me. Well, I, well, I mean, I think there's, you know, I guess if you're not laughing at it, then you're not laughing at it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think there's like, uh, you know, at some point you could be watching, uh, you know, you could be watching like Pitch Perfect and going, I did sure. listen to that whole song. I didn't laugh <laughs> once. How do, That's a good point. How, how does that make sense as a criticism? That's not what they're doing. Right. What they're doing is we're playing these songs. And like there's, uh, you know, there's that whole, there's the big, big number where all of the different acts come in and they do basically like a Pitch Perfect kind of thing, right? Yeah. And that whole thing is like super long. It's kind of goofy. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. But I mean, is is that like a problem? Is that a detriment to the movie? That that's what we're doing is having a song competition. That's like I said. That's like criticizing Pitch Perfect because they sing all the time. I mean, that at, at some point at some point they have to be. I, I mean, you could not like it if you don't want to like it, but. No, I know. Uh, Some criticisms and, of it are and, not fair. And, and I agree uh, about his song in general, right? Like, yeah. like I, like I just said, his song is like goofball, right? But it's right. not quite goofball enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, or yeah. it, it should just be a little more normal. Like one of the thing, one of the things that I really like about uh, the movie is a lot of the like Eurovision centric like stuff that they actually did that you don't really know that they did or they don't really, you know, overemphasize it. Like um, just for some trivia, right? You know, like their um, their original song that is their competition song, right? Yeah. Uh, it sounds weird, right? They, it's, it's written in 
weird verse, right? It, it, they, it, people don't talk like that, right? Because yeah. they actually had someone write that song in Icelandic and then translated it to English. And then when you that's translate right. it, when you translate it, you, you talk funny, right? Because that's, that's not how that's not how you say things. <laughs> And that. and uh, and the song that that uh, you know the girl who like tries to get Will Ferrell, who's yeah. another who's another singer. She has a song too, and it and they it's the same thing. Um, it it's a song that was written in another language, and then when she sings it in English, like you do for Eurovision, it, yeah, it sounds goofy. Like <laughs> hers is at least a better song than Dan Stevens, right? Which is bonkers song, right? Right. Um, but it's the same thing. Like it sounds, you're like, what kind of song? What are the lyrics here? This is weird sound. I love right? it. Yeah. And uh, and it's on purpose. And I think you know stuff like that is great to actually to actually like think about things enough. And yeah. then and then you've got like uh, you know the flip side of that is when they start off the show like you were talking about with their big production. It's that volcano man. Song know, right, and and that one is just insanity. Right, yeah. <laughs> but that's but that's like the you know the Dan Stevens song should either be like Volcano Man crazy, or I don't know. It should be something better because it's just well, look. we have to listen to it for so long yeah. <laughs> that it, that it's such a goofball thing. Anyway. There aren't that many films that do these things. I'm sure I could come up with them if I had more than a second on the fly. But, you know, I'm thinking of something like School of Rock. So Jack Black takes these kids into a competition. But we don't have to see all the competitors. We know it's a competition. The story is brisk because we're focusing on the right parts. It spends way too much about Russian Lion Man, way too much about sort of strangely sinister, slithery, like woman who's trying to bag Will Ferrell. It should be more condensed, and by the time the kids in School of Rock get to their competition and they're playing, we're there. We're there with it. The whole right. point that I had about the criticism in this film, and I, I take your point, your counterpoint, good, because it's about it's about a song competition, and there are other entrants. Otherwise, you know, Fire Saga would just win outright. And as a quick salt, small digression, there, the way that Fire Saga gets into the competition is actually very, very fun. It's, it's, it's one of the best parts of the film for me. It's like very clever and, and interesting yeah. to see everybody that put them there react. And they're like, oh my God, wait, how did this happen? Yeah. But for me, the biggest part of the film is the problem is, like I said in the beginning, I have a problem with the narrative. The screenplay is too meandering and everybody's having so much fun because he is, you know, a gag reel genius who will do take after take, <clears throat> excuse me, with fun stuff. And that's great for the gag reel. But for the actual film, it's bloated, it's distractible, it's distracting, and the unfocused ability to tell the story that is at its heart, I've admitted, very warm and genuine, is the reason that this film falls apart for me. And it's not, it's not the nitpicking stuff that isn't in the film, it's the stuff that they gave me. It's just wrong. Right. That's, that's basically where I'm at. But anyway, yeah. sorry. Uh, and so, as a, I guess, final note, and we'll uh, jump to another movie. But you yeah. know that that part when you were uh, that you just said where how they get into the competition, yeah. <laughs> like you you know that there there are several scenes in the movie that really are to a certain extent ad lit. They they've yeah. got um, it, in the 
in the sense of like you know Christopher Guest movies, right? Like Best in right. Show and stuff like that, where we, we know where this scene needs to go. We're just not going to tell you exactly what to say, right? There are several scenes that seem like that's true, um, and there are, and maybe they are, and maybe they aren't. I don't know, but they seem like they are. But that part when that happens, I, like. I'm trying to think of how could they do this scene and not let them know that this is going to happen. And yeah. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't think they could. I mean, because you, it, it's such an integral thing of what's going to happen in the plot right. that, that they have to know that's going to happen. Right. But God, it seemed like they didn't. It seemed it like, really they, yeah. it seemed like, you know, they legitimately were going because they like fumbles seriously yes. right like they they are like i don't know what to say like they they have a moment where they're like uh, uh yeah. and and it's really believable i mean especially yep. especially i think for rachel mcadams it, it it's almost like rachel mcadams for a second thought they were just pranking her right and, and then she had to like catch up and go oh no this is really what we're doing uh and she yeah. was you know, or they knew the whole time and they were just really good she, actors. She may, you know? yeah, she may be that great, but I agree. I think they told her, we're going to go on seven, and they blew it on three. You know, and they surprised her, you know, because uh, I, think. I yeah. agree 100%, every single part of that. So Something, something totally surprised me. All right, so yeah. anyway, uh, you know, definitely go check that out. I, unless I check unless, out. You, no, unless I, you agree I, with Shane. No, I didn't hate it. I just thought, you know, look, it's it's fine. But I think that if you're if there's a chance it will land, and I thought there was a good chance it would with me, I'm the guy that thought Talladega Nights was going to be a summer blockbuster, and I helped write about it in Entertainment Weekly years ago. You know, I, I think that these things do have an ability to grab you. If you think it can, I think you should check it out. I would, right, I would still right. tell people to see it. Okay. Uh, so moving on uh, from that, so uh, Palm Springs, I think, Springs, is the okay. uh, thing we'll we'll check out next. So um, this one is uh, it, th actually this is another one that I mean I knew this one was coming, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then it was like just all of a sudden one day it was there, uh, and I was like, oh wow, okay, that's here already. <laughs> like, uh, like this one too. Like there just wasn't. I don't know. Uh, there wasn't a lot of hype and build up and try to get you excited for the fact that it was coming. There just was, hey, this is already here. Now go check it out, right? Like it was. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but it's uh, so it's Andy Samberg, and it's uh, it's basically like Groundhog Day. Um, yeah. Ex except it's Groundhog Day of. Uh, we're at a wedding. Uh, Andy Andy Samberg is unfortunately just like the, someone's plus one, right? He's just he's <laughs> yeah. It, like like I'm watching this movie, and uh, you know, for like the first half of this movie, I'm like, the real torture here is that it's not even someplace you wanted to go. Right? <laughs> it's like like it's not right. even it's not even it's not even a wedding that you like really wanted to be at or anything anyway um and so it's a wedding and they're in palm springs but they are like really in the desert uh out at some venue that's uh, having the wedding and uh, it 
you know, when it kicks off, kind of when we show up, we're kind of getting introduced to the fact that it's Groundhog Day, but like in something of a twist for the main, uh, I guess, part of this genre, right? Uh, It's it's, uh, the woman gets sucked into the Groundhog Day that Andy Samberg has already been going through. Right, right. <laughs> right he's all so that actually i thought was kind of an interesting twist in how we're going to work the plot right like if if uh if you had bill murray you know suddenly it's groundhog day and then he's going through his day and somebody else is like you too <laughs> you right. know like you're you're stuck here too uh so so the the manufactured craziness of it is there's like this cave and there's some energy vortex happening in this cave or some nonsense and if you you know go into the cave at the wrong time i don't even know what the story is supposed to be right but (laughs) but uh but you you go into the cave and then boom now you're in the in the loop right and you keep repeating and uh (laughs) which which has also happened to another person who uh, throughout the movie pops up and tries to kill Andy Samberg. Uh, right. Be, be, <laughs> and it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense uh, right. in the movie, be, yeah. Uh, right, because because he's also trapped in, yeah. <laughs> in the day. Anyway, um, and so basically we've got this sort of non-rom-com love story hate story whatever is happening and you know they sort of come you know like like all rom-coms right they like fall for each other then something happens where they don't like each other then they come back together which is just it's like basically if if this movie is you you take the outline of every rom-com and you go yeah but what's like a really weird way you could do that Right? Like, yeah, yeah. like uh, it, it's all the same steps, but uh, but they mean something completely different now. So it's got that going for it. And um, I don't know, you know, Andy Samberg uh, kind of sometimes very standard Brooklyn 990 or or just general and Andy Samberg. Uh, yeah. His his kind of humor that he's you know spouting off all the time. Um, and basically, that's it. Uh, I, I liked this one a lot more than I thought I was going to, um, even though I, I'm kind of a big fan of his. Um, I really like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I like pretty much everything I've seen him in. Um, but I kind of, you know, when this movie, especially when the movie started out, like before the movie started and as it, you know, kind of started going, I was like, man, I just don't need another Groundhog Day movie. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like I, I've done this and come up with something else. And for like the first probably, this is uh, one of the rare movies, right? That for the first like half hour or forty minutes, I was kind of going, eh, whatever. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. okay, this is kind of funny or whatever. But then it like really grew on me, and uh, I didn't really, I didn't really love the end, except for the very, very end. I thought was cool. Um, just the way that they kind of like throw that in Um, but I I, you know I didn't really love the end the more we tried to like get into the goofiness the less I was 
that taken with where they went with it, especially when uh, we have, uh, you know, the, the woman he falls in love with um, suddenly is like, I know what we're going to do. And, and, and his reaction is like, eh, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I guess, what, you know, what, like, uh, what about, uh, like, you know, if, so I, I think sort of spoilery just, uh, to be faster, really. I, I mean, I don't know how much of a huge spoiler it is, but uh, we get to a certain point where it's like, he doesn't want to leave. Right. Yeah. And, and it's not necessarily just because, uh, it involves potential death. It's, it's it's more like he really just doesn't want to go back to the real world or whatever, yeah. and and when that became where we were going in the movie, I'm like, you have to do a lot of other stuff earlier to get me on board with that happening. Yeah, like that he's yeah. just that he's just like, nah, I'm good here. <laughs> like, yeah. this day this day works for me. I'll just do this forever. Like, that is such a like bizarre take right if he was if he was even just more scared right because it potentially involves dying to get out right if he if he even acted like more scared of that and said wait we don't know that we don't just die or you know whatever and they didn't really they really like focused on that he just wanted to stay there yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I need to have watched like a different hour before this if I'm gonna <laughs> like really be on board with that. But um, anyway, now I'm like totally uh, babbling into the movie. Um, so I end up giving it a six and a half. Huh, it, okay. It, it was like for me, it was perfectly not quite seven. That's like where that's like where it was. Um, because, you know, set seven is like our go-to thing, right? A movie like feels like it's seven. And I was like, it was just not quite that. It, it was, I was really liking a lot of it and a lot of it's funny. And a lot of it I thought is just, you know, like perfectly him. It, it was so, right, it, it right. was so well written to just kind of, it was like you meet a guy at a wedding Right. And you're like, you know, I could wander around with this guy for a while and see what he's about. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and, right and that right. and that worked. It was uh, it was, you know, fun to watch. I was there with him. Right. And uh, it, it did a lot of things that I thought were weird choices and stuff, but it was fun and it was funny. And there you go. That's what I, I pretty much echo almost everything. You know, I have different gripes about it to have any gripes at all. But I gave it an eight. I, I had such a blast with it and was more more in kind of engaged with how much fun I was having while I was having it. Because I didn't think it was going to be bad, but I didn't think it was going to be good either. I just thought it was going right. to be kind of another four and a half or five. Like, it was okay, but man, I've seen this and done this. You're 100% right. It, the whole idea of if you had been talking to Bill Murray at 10, 15 you know, in Groundhog Day, now you were in the loop with him, that would have changed that movie substantially. And in this, what a fun, playful, creative way to imagine, like, how can I get somebody else in this predicament? Because the real fun, the real fun of the movie is when Sarah and Niles, um, you know, they're, they're figuring out what's going on. He already knows everything, but he's playing kind of dumb because right. he's also kind of dumb. He's, you know, he's your lunkhead guy that, 
probably still wishes he was in a frat somewhere because most of the cleaning was done there. You know, he's just kind of right, a right. child thing. But, you know, as the film progresses, the, the real fun of the film is when they both are trapped in it and they're both figuring out the limitations, you know, from we really can't die. Well, let's try it. You know, and he's like, ah, oh, this sucks. We, we can't die, but we feel pain. Like, let's not do that. And she's like, I don't believe you. You know, these things are great. And then it kind of falls off a little bit for me. But like you, it picked up more closer to the end. Um, it's it's a very fast film. I didn't even watch the trailer. I just thought, oh yeah, Palm Springs. I'll watch that. And I realized humorously how like disengaged from Brooklyn Nine Nine I've been. As soon as I saw, I didn't even know who was in the movie. As soon as I saw Niles, I'm like, man, that guy looks a lot like Andy Samberg. Holy crap! <laughs> he just looks he just looks older and a little bit more beefcakey. And right. then as I'm like I'm like sitting there and I'm like, wait a minute, holy crap, this is Andy Samberg. Like it's so weird that it dawned on me like that, but that's how blind I went into it. I thought Kristen Milioti, you know, I thought she was both a strong part and the weak part of the story. Like I get I get why their chemistry is is so fantastic and it propels a lot of the film, at least through halfway. But when she realizes, like, okay, we're immortal, and I don't want to be here, and I'm going to study quantum physics to learn everything about time loops so I can get us right. out of here, I'm like, of course, because that's a, that's actually what a person would really do if they were motivated to go back to their lives. But they make mistakes. Like, I need, like you, I need more to know why he doesn't want to go, because I can fill it in, but I'm doing the heavy lifting. But I also need to know why she wants to go, because she's absolutely horrible in her life. And right. here, here it's perfect weather, perfect drinks, perfect setting. She's got someone she's attracted to. What's the rush? And they well, don't ever deliver well, certain things. And, and, and for you, me, and, I'm right. like, that, that kind of sucks. You, you'd think it was the reverse if they were going to yes. do that, right? Yes. You'd, you'd think it would be from what we've got of her life. We don't have that much, I guess, in a way of his life, in the, in the way that we do of hers, because... She's the person who's supposed to be there, so everyone they talk to knows all the stuff about her, talks about right. her, and yeah. he's just he's just the dude who showed up, and no one knows him. Right. But but still, if, if this is what we have, you you would think it would go the other way. Yeah. It's um it's kind of fun in a certain sense, um, you know, sort of like Groundhog Day. You know, after when Groundhog Day came out, and it was big, and then like shortly after, and everyone watched it. And then you'd yeah, have yeah, people yeah. on the internet go, just how long was he there, right? right. Like, yeah. like all of a sudden he can play the piano and all of a sudden he can do all these things and it's like, how long would it take to learn that and stuff? And this movie, this movie is like, damn, like how, who knows how long he's been there before, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, she goes to college, she's like yeah. taking all these classes. <laughs> yeah. She does like all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's one thing to, like, learn how to play an instrument. It's another thing to, like, suddenly be on, you know, Zoom calls with the top theoretical, you know, people studying quantum physics in the world, right? And, right. And, yeah. and, and they're going, huh, it sounds like you already know. And you're like, yeah. wait, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they're in there for, like, years and years. And then it's like, so they part ways right without giving too much away right but then it's like oh my god how long has he now right. been like suffering through this thing and you have no idea right you have no idea how long he's 
been there before. You have no, no idea how long they were together, except that we've watched them die many, many, many ways. You have no idea how long it's been since they were apart. I mean, God, it's like if you watch the movie like again, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, tr- and try to keep track of those things, you're like, holy crap, this is... So- you know, one of the fun things about the film, before we jump to another one, if we do, is the, the timing of the film couldn't be absolutely more perfect. You know, yeah, I'd yeah. This in June or July of 2019 or 2018, depending on my mood and the day I was having, I might have given it like a six and a half, you know. But the, the very timely, pun intended, metaphor and anecdote here about what if you had all the time in the world, what would you do with that time? couldn't be more appropriate to sit down for 90 minutes during a right. break, when right. every day is basically kind of the same. Like, what would you do? And some people are like, I guess I'd get up every day, have some drinks, sit in the pool, play some games, watch some TV <laughs> and start over. And other people right. are like, I think I'll learn some skills. I think I'll actually right. better my life. I think I'll get out of the situation I'm in. And if it won't let me, I'll make it. And, right. and I'm not stretching too hard to pull that veneer over. Like, it's kind of there on the surface. It just didn't know when they were filming this that, hey, we'll release this in a pandemic. Like, that's right. just a crazy bonus. But and, and, and the, be- the beauty perfect. of it is, the beauty of, of that coming together is that they are kind of, like, stuck in this thing, right? It's yeah, not right. like... It, it would be it would be different again, like I said, if he were if it was at his sister's wedding, so you know they're just at his house or they weren't yeah. at this weird venue where no one lives there, right? They're just at yep. this hotel in the desert because this is a cool place to have a wedding. So even even that all that just like adds to it. Nobody's at home. We really are like stuck, uh, you know, trapped in this place where, you know, you can't just go about your normal life every day over and over, right? right? You're you're in this weird situation. So yeah, it is uh, it, it is kind of creepy how perfectly it just fits right now. There's one small there's one small addition. I, I'm I'm just gonna say without giving it away, every single scene J.K. Simmons is in, he steals and owns completely. Oh yeah, yeah. The he's, most he, the most amazing awesome. thing. The most he is awesome, and this just is always proving it. The most amazing, like. It's wonderful and it's absolutely horrific. I won't say what it is, but the last scene that he's in is both amusing and nightmarish because you have to realize what he now knows about the world he's in is, it should be very frightening, but he plays it off kind of like, huh, son of a gun. And I'm like, I love both of them. If they had reshot that and been like, he's absolutely like terrified from what he just learned. I would also buy that too. Like it's such a strange position for his character. Well, but I loved, I loved seeing that. Well, okay. Except that, uh, she told him how they were going to get out. So, right. so at least he knows theoretically JK. that, that it can be done and right. it worked and you know, right. whatever. But, uh, but also, so that's that's what I was talking about at the beginning when I said I love that very last and yeah. part. But also the very first time we see him, he's, oh God, yeah. he is so good that, yeah. <laughs> and, and he and he just he just appears, right? right. Uh, you get you get no explanation <laughs> of what's going on. And what's really great about that first scene when we see him is that 
you never get any idea what's going on. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, right. it's like in, in that scene, right? Like yeah. later, yeah. you know, later on, obviously they, you know, explain what's going on and we see him again and the whole thing. But when it's happening, right? Like yeah. uh, Andy Samberg just kind of like goes, it doesn't talk about it or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. I loved it. Uh, it was so strange, but I loved it. And, and and Andy Samberg is like, oh, yeah, he does this. Or <laughs> like, what? Right. Uh, all right. So we don't have a lot of time. But um, yeah. what I was thinking is we could at least uh, do the old guard a little bit. Okay. And and maybe just, like, give ratings for Greyhound. And then maybe, sure. like, in the next one, we'll do Greyhound more thoroughly and uh, yeah, other right. uh, cool. and, and other films. So, um, Old Guard, and uh, like I said, we got to be quick, right? Yep. Um, so the Old Guard is uh, this bonkers movie, um, and it is uh, it's about immortals, and it's about immortals in like almost like a Highlander way, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> like there there is literally nothing interesting about them except that they can't die which is, uh, you know, very, for me anyway, I mean, that's just what I obviously think of, is, like, that's Highlander, right? They're, they, he's got no superpowers, you know, the people in this movie, they have no super skills or bonuses, they just wake back up when they die. <laughs> and it's, it's also similar in that same sense. It's not like they're invulnerable or anything, or they don't die, they, they do, they just wake back up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and uh, so the movie is um, just—it's it, like uh, the the group of them, and they have been around for ever, right? For hundreds of years, uh, they're varying ages, but they've all been around for a really long time. And and like the actual plot where we get thrown in with them is uh, basically that they get discovered. Um, and, and they have to find a way to correct that <laughs> or, yeah. or, tr or try to uh, be, you, you know, not let people, not let it get out or whatever. And, uh, and there's like a big, uh, you know, obviously there's like a corporation involved, right? Because corporations yeah. are bad. Sure, um, sure. And, and then like a new one of them shows up. And uh, and they have to deal with that. So we get to we get to have like the instruction slash establishment of who they are by way of a new uh, a, a new woman shows up who doesn't die, and then uh, they like dream about her or whatever until they right. until they the story is that that's how that's always happened, right? When a new yeah. one shows when a new one shows up all the other ones dream about her until they go find her and then they're together and then they stop and whatever magic ensues, which uh, that's one of the things that I loved about this movie uh, is that it didn't explain stuff. It just, right, right. this is how it is. And, uh, yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah. it's, and it's not like, uh, so it's uh, Charlize, Charlize Theron is uh, the, the leader. Right. And, uh, and so the, the thing that I thought like was cool, right. They don't know, right. They, this just happened. And so they don't explain stuff. And I thought that was great. And I thought, as I was watching the movie, I was like, you know, a bad, a worse anyway, version of this movie, you know, they'd be explaining shit. They'd come up yeah, with yeah. why this is happening or whatever. And uh, instead they just go. 
and uh, it's it's almost to the point of being campy, but it's like weird action and it's fun, and uh, and I kind of loved it, even though there were parts of it that I was rolling my eyes. And I gave this one an eight, and I would have given it just because it's it's so wildly fun. I would have given it an even higher score, except that everything that happens <laughs> is so telegraphed, like yeah. yeah like watching TV that's not trying too hard. And I'm like, right. man, come yeah. on. It was... <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's why I gave it an 8. I gave it an 8 as well. I had a, pretty much all the same feelings. I think that its its benefit is a really fun comic series, and I think it's really hindered in a way by being based on the really fun comic series. The, the holes that the movie shows... They aren't like big potholes, but they are basically comic book movie adaptation plot holes, you know, right. so when you see it, you'll get that feeling. I love the fact that it doesn't dive into the matrix. Like, like you said, it just says, this is what it is. This is who we are. This is how we, go. this is how we survive. Keep up. And it doesn't right. really explain the blue pill, the red pill, any of these other weird things. And it makes the movie at two hours, you know, a couple minutes over two hours, it makes it feel very quick to me. I didn't think that this oh, yeah, yeah. two-hour film, and the action's great. The characters are great. You know, they're doing they're doing serious work in a very you know kind of fun comic book way, and you know, I, I the first thing I had the first thought I had anyway after you know about halfway through was this is way better than the other Charlize Theron um, immortal god film, which was Hancock. You know, she's right. basically played this character twice, and this is the best version of it. It's just, it's breezy fun. It reminds me kind of the Chris Hemsworth um, extinction film, uh, extraction film. Like, I just kind of put it on right. and you're like, hey, this isn't that bad. Hey, wait, let's let's actually check this out. It's getting right. better. You know, and it drops little hints along the way to make it seem more interesting while setting up sequels because that's what films do. And I didn't have a problem beyond just the smallest of inconsequential things. But 8 is still a lot of fun. Right, yeah. Okay, um, and uh, we got to go, but uh, what do you give Greyhound? We'll, we'll just... I gave, yeah, I gave Greyhound seven and a half. Yeah. And, I, I, and it's got a bunch of stuff. It's got a bunch of stuff that both is positive and some really strange things for me that just stood out as negatives. But I had a little bit of fun beyond what I thought, but it's still, it's a strange movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave it a seven. And, uh, yeah. And I will even, you know, kind of put the asterisk by my seven. Um, and I, I both am and am not a huge Tom Hanks fan because sometimes I love him and sometimes yeah. I'm like, this this is uh, goofy. But this would have probably been like five, five and a half if it wasn't <laughs> if it wasn't for him because yeah. him in it, it, like watching him, he's really good. And yeah. There, there might be, you know, other people who could do it, and you'd still go, yeah, it's still fine. But there are a lot of people who could have made this awful, right? And yeah. and and watching him was a big bonus to it. That for me was enough to, you know, cover up some of the things that I thought were negatives too. So seven on that. Okay, uh, so that's cool. a bunch of movies for everyone to go see. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we hopefully will be able to be on a better schedule at this point, so, right. so that as as things kind of calm down, 
and and things keep going on, we figure out how to make stuff work. So hopefully we will uh, be on a better schedule. But thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will see you hopefully next week. Yeah. Bye. Thanks.